Join us for episode 22, where we talk to Roger Gingerich all about fast fashion, sustainable fashion, and what that means for your supply chain. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. This episode is going to help you get your desired outcomes with the Ideal Supplier Scorecard. We are talking to Bill Belser. Bill Belser is currently the Purchasing Director for Cascade Orthopedic Supply in the U.S. and Orthoped in Canada. He holds a lifetime CPM and CPSM designations from the Institute for Supply Management. A textbook example of a guy who worked his way up from the ground floor, Bill accepted a purchasing agent position with Cascade in June of 1999. By 2001, he was promoted to purchasing manager and ultimately accepted the purchasing director in 2016. During his more than 17 years with Cascade, he has been heavily involved in their 2003 Profit 21 ERP implementation as well as the creation of procedures. In 2009, he developed their comprehensive supplier scorecard program and in 2006 or sorry, 2013, he joint spearheaded Cascade's EDI implementation. Welcome Bill and thank you for joining us today. Sarah, nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, you and I met at the Scope Conference back in October, and I'm so glad that we did. I mean, Bill has been kind enough to share his one-of-a-kind exclusive supplier scorecard with our listeners. So you'll find that at our website at twobabestalksupplychain.com. So thank you so much, Bill. Um, why don't we get started, and why don't you tell us a little bit about why you developed the scorecard? You know, I wish I could say that I had this amazing foresight, and I I realized what the benefits were going to be, but I, you know, I came from manufacturing. I was uh, buying truckloads of steel and engines and hydraulics, and everything had multiple suppliers, and there was really no problem keeping people in compliance. You know, if I had uh, a steel supplier that delivered late or the pricing wasn't right, you know, I had four or five more ready to go. And, you know, I got to O&P in 1999, and, you know, I was kind of shocked that I couldn't quote anything. You know, all of these were sole source, or they were uh, sourced by brand name, and there really was no substitution, and there really was no firing of the suppliers and replacing them. So, you know, I eventually we got around to doing the scorecards, but I don't think I really understood the ramifications. You know, it was uh, it wasn't uh, fully in front of me at the moment. But when we started doing the scorecards, we realized we were actually getting a lot of compliance. So, you know, I had, I had some metrics I developed because of specific problems, like late deliveries or excessive shipments. And I had some of the metrics already, but uh, I was studying for my CPM in 2008, and I kept reading over and over again, Spire scorecarding, Spire scorecarding. 
And there's a martial arts guy named Perlman that I'm really fond of that writes books. And in one of his books, he said, if you find a better way to do something, you're bound by your duty to do it. And unfortunately, I've had to live with that ever since I read that. And by the time I finished my CPM, I, I knew I had to do it. You know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't a specific detailed plan to get compliance, but it was the right thing to do. And so at that point, we started developing metrics and putting the cards together. I love that. I, I, I totally love that mantra. And uh, I think that not only our audience, but I'm sure Cascade has been very happy that, that you followed that path. They have. And, and the suppliers, you know, we even, our largest supplier actually had asked us a scorecard. And so, um, you know, they, they gave us a little scorecard. We filled it out. But it was uh, amazing how much they appreciated a much more detailed thorough scorecard with, with hard metrics in it. Right. So what are some of the key mistakes that companies make when dealing with suppliers? Um... I, you know, I think first off, um, one of the ones we made was not to attempt to get conformity or compliance, even in these sole source situations. You know, I think we allowed a lot of things to go on, and I think there were, were ways to fix them sooner. Right. So I also think uh, there's not enough value in relationship. You know, people buy from people. It's uh, it's amazing in a good relationship how many things you can get done, even if maybe the supplier doesn't have a reason other than the good relationship to do it. You know, I think uh, one of our competitors is extremely brutal. You know, they kind of leverage their position, and you know, I, I went in when I took over the suppliers in about 2006 with a mutual equity, mutual respect approach, and it's got us a long ways. I think generally complaining about issues and not providing examples and metrics is a problem. And I think the, one of the biggest ones is if you assume a level of performance but you don't really do metrics, you really don't know. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, one of the key things that you said is that everything is about relationships. and. The other key point is, you know, the communication. You can't have expectations but not be able to communicate what exactly you're looking for because then people are just, you know, in the dark and, uh, you know, trying different things without really knowing what's in your head. I mean, nobody can really know. Yep. So then uh, what are the benefits of using a scorecard? I think the obvious benefit is it gives you the ability to really judge performance. But I think in addition to that, especially in situations like ours with a lot of sole source suppliers, you know, it builds almost an artificial competition. You know, even between suppliers who don't produce the same type of products, you know, suppliers will ask me, you know, how they score against others that make similar products. But in the end, they want to score high against everybody. Right. So then do you compare, so I guess you compare suppliers against each other, or, or I don't know if against is the right word, but, and then you also compare suppliers of similar product? Is that right? Well, I mean, they're all in the mix. You know, what we do is we take our 30 largest suppliers by volume, and it gets about 80% of our spend. So, I mean, we're getting good compliance on about 80% of what we spend. I mean, that's pretty big coverage for 30 suppliers. Yeah, that's amazing because then you know moving through the year that um, your 80% is definitely well spent. Yes. 
Okay, so then... You know, or at least we're getting, we're getting the best we can out of those suppliers, I guess would be a better way to put it. Yeah, okay. Okay, good point. So when would you use the supplier scorecard? How long should you take to prepare it and execute it properly? Well, we've always done them annually, and uh, I'm almost rethinking that after the last couple of weeks. So I normally uh, I start prepping them before the end of the year because I have 12 people at Cascade that I have uh, do individual subjective scorecards, and I like to get those out so I can get them back, but I can't pull any metrics till the end of the year. And uh, I've been working on them, getting them ready. Basically, uh, we have a show either in February or March, depending on when it's scheduled. And I'd like to have the scorecards in my hand to hand out by that show because I like to do a bunch of them face-to-face. And so I'm almost done with the metrics right now. I've got uh, The metrics are done, the subjective isn't. I'm waiting on, I think, three or four scorecards from the people. But uh, this is when I do it. I get them ready as quickly as I can. And I'm, I'm actually going to a, another small trade show at the end of this month, and I may tackle a couple of them then. So do you hand out the, the scorecard to the suppliers and they go away and fill it out and then send it back to you? Or do you actually sit down with them, go through it with them, you know, fill it out yourself and sort of talk through it a little bit more? Or how does that specifically work? So I provide them with a scorecard that's got my metrics and the subjective scores on it. And uh, one of the things I always tell the people is, you know, I want you to give anything that's a three out of five. It's a zero out of five scale. And so if they give anything less than a three, I want a reason for the negative score. Um, But I don't stop them from giving me positive feedback, too. And so what I like to do is I create these scorecards, which which you have a copy of, where I have all the scores and a little overview on each one of how they scored compared to last time, how they scored compared to average, whatever I think is the most important. And in the middle of it, I've got a block of comments from the people at Cascade. And one of my... One of my answers to one of your questions below um, that we're going to get to in a little bit is I don't subjectively score myself. And I think it makes it easier for me to hand it out that way. So I have no subjective say in the scorecards. I sit down with the supplier. We spend 30, 40 minutes going over it. If they ask me questions, I gather more data, and we get, we get back on a call later. But, um, but, yeah, I have no subjective say in any of it. Right. So Hard metrics or 12 other people. And I give them this full block of comments. You know, Steve is really nice on the phone. Our shipments are too late. You know, positive, negative, whatever I get. And we, and we go over all that, too. Yeah, and I think it's nice that you're also holding your people accountable. So if they are giving the supplier a three for, um, and I, I'm not quite sure what the different categories are on the, the scorecard itself, but if they were to give a three, you are asking them to provide feedback so the supplier knows why that three was given. Yeah, or anything less than a three. But yeah, I, I always see a three as, as average on most of the stuff. Okay. Can you briefly go over some of the categories on the supplier scorecard? Well, in a lot of these, you know, we're, so Jeff Collins, my boss, he's the uh, greatest guy I've ever worked for, but he's, uh, he's an accountant. So you can figure most of my metrics are driven by margin at the end of the day. So my first, my first metric is margin. My second one is on-time delivery percentage, but obviously as things are late, delays, back orders, you know, that's all expensive. Um, I judge them on turns because some of the suppliers, 
force me to do blanket BOs, or they have uh, incredibly complex product lines. And so we treat all the suppliers the same. I judge them on turns. I've had uh, some discussions over those with some, some suppliers, but I continue judging them on that. I think it's a good metric. I also count the amount of back orders I have per purchase order. And I call it shipments per PO. And so if, say, if it was 1.55, that would be 55 back orders per 100. And I, I score them on an average lead time, and then I score them on return percentage of sales. That's the that's the main, main metrics. Yeah, those are the core. Okay. And is there any adjustment for, you know, leeway? Kind of, you know, if something were to happen that was kind of beyond everybody's control or? Um, you know, we haven't had that happen that much. Or, okay. or if there's been, you know, like 80% of our suppliers are towards the east of the U.S., and so if there's been a major weather problem, it's kind of all had a major weather problem. So, no, I haven't, I haven't had that come up, and I haven't done that, no. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, on the margin side, though, I do adjust for rebates and things. I want to make sure if they're giving us, you know, if there's margin rolling in from any direction, you know, terms, discounts, whatever I can find, I make sure that I, I correct all those numbers for those extra margin dollars. Right. And then you're, the 12 people that are filling out the supplier scorecard, do you give them a supplier scorecard for each supplier, or are they responsible for one supplier per person? I give them a, a scorecard for all of the 30 suppliers, and they score each one of the 30 suppliers, and then it's up to them if they want to comment on each one. Okay. And then how do you compile that data? Because obviously if each person is commenting on Manually. all 30... Huh? I mean, I you know I, I have to, I, it takes time to gather it. Getting the getting the original spreadsheet together is not bad, um, but to do it right, all the comments and things have to be compiled. You yeah, know, there's no way to do it other than me doing it, or or somebody that works for me doing it. Right. So it do, it does take a long time, or it, it does quite take quite a bit of time to do. It does, but it's worth it, that's for sure. Oh, no, absolutely. I would definitely agree with you that um, it's worth it. I mean, if this is, you know, controlling 80% of your spend um, and you're making sure that you're getting the top, you know, compliance from the suppliers that you're working with, plus it probably gives you some visibility quite quickly of who's working and who's not and who do we really need to you know, maybe take a look at or maybe take a look at somebody else uh, to work with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, I started prepping the data. I, I had a supplier here towards the end of December, and it's one of our large suppliers. We have a great relationship with them. Everything really goes smoothly. But they, they had some changes in their business structure, and when I started pulling their numbers, they were really, really bad this year. And uh, one of the things... Uh, one of the future things I want to do is we, when we acquired Orthoped, we acquired a tool called SciSense, and there's some really great dashboards. And because a couple of the database guys were kind of tailored to sales in our Salesforce.com database, you know, the first people that got the, the dashboards were sales, of course. Um, and I started working with the one guy to build a, a kind of a scorecard live um, live page and he had some health issues and we didn't get it done but finding finding some surprises in this year's scoring definitely pushes how important it is to look at these numbers you know more often than once a year and, and a lot of times suppliers are coming i'll pull some some basic numbers maybe four of the metrics but uh it can't be hit and miss 
you know, it has to be every time there's someone here that's in the top 30, I have to pull numbers. I just have to. And if we can, if we can build the dashboards, great. If we can't, I'll pull it some other way. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great system. So um, who do you incorporate as a supplier? So are you incorporating, I mean, from a purchasing standpoint, obviously your vendors uh, that you're purchasing raw materials and, and things like that from, or even finished product, but are you including transportation companies in this, or is it purely, you know, vendor purchasing, that kind of thing? This is purely our, our supplier for resale. Okay. You know, the, I, I even took out, um, you know, like I've got a manufacturer that built some private, some private label stuff that we own the patents on. Mm-hmm. And um, I pulled them out because they were really messing up the numbers. You know, it did; it just didn't fit. You know, a lot of these performance metrics, um, it, it just wasn't right. It, it was, uh, and, and I have a a raw commodity goods supplier that I took out too that is actually in the top thirty. And I, I do something with them, but I do it off to the side because it it was just a funny hump in the in the uh, bar chart. You know, it just didn't fit, fit right. It was wrong. Right, and I think that's a good point to make is that. You know, when we say that you're looking at, you know, your top 30 suppliers, there could be one or two in there that may not fit into this supplier scorecard scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I think another point, too, and, and I, don't, I don't know if we were going to cover this in the uh, stuff we talked about, um, my one to five ranges, I built them off of the actual scores. You know, so, so if there's a major change in the industry, like Medicare is not paying as well or and all of a sudden the margins start changing, you know, when I come around to the next year to do these cards, I have to move the range. It's had to happen a couple times. You know, I've had situations where the range just wasn't right anymore. And and it's fairly obvious. I mean, if you've got a one to five range and say 10% of something is a one and 30% is a five, and you realize everyone's getting fives, it's like, okay, my, my range is not working, you know. Right, and, so adjust it but, according. But I actually built all the ranges off of the actual scores. Right, so what you're saying is adjust it to according to what's happening within the industry and, and different factors to do with that. Yeah, and, and, and again, when I started building the scorecard and I started building the ranges, it wasn't hard to figure out what the range should be. You know, if, uh, if an average score is about a three, then that's probably where the middle of your range should be, and then you build above and below to fit, you know, to to make the correct one through five. Right, yeah, that's, five, that's a good point because people are, are going to have to tailor the scorecards somewhat uh, to their business and uh, how they do business with their suppliers. Absolutely, and my metrics might not be you know, as important to them as some other ones. I mean, it's uh, also some of these metrics, I, I think I said this earlier, they came from the past. Right. You know, I'd, I'd had, like, I had a situation where I was sitting, our warehouse used to be separate from the office, and... And I, warehouse manager calls me and says, hey, our computers are down. Can you help me do receiving? And I realized I was receiving the same product over and over again on the same PO, and it was coming in separate boxes, right? You know, and I, So the alarms went off. Uh, when we finished, I went back and looked, and I realized I was getting as much as 10 or 12 deliveries on one PO from this supplier. And so I built the shipments per PO around that. So some of these metrics I'd had, you know, while trying to achieve corrective action before we had scorecards, that's where some of these came from. Yeah, and actually we're going to be talking about corrective action just in a minute. So what are your top five tips to using the scorecard then? Well, I touched on one of them. You know, don't, uh, don't have any subjective say. It's much easier to deliver, to deliver the scorecards if, 
if you're not making subjective statements about the supplier. You know, it's easier to deliver someone else's criticisms, that's for sure. I think um, making sure the objective categories are easily explainable and backed by data, very important. Um, again, when we mentioned this earlier, suppliers complain about general complaints. If we have uh, specific complaints, they need to be involved in the scorecards. I think if you don't have specific complaints, you probably shouldn't be complaining. Um, I think you, again, you need to be able to back up the metrics with detail and explanation. And if you don't create metrics for comparison, you're not going to know how your suppliers are performing. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some really good tips, um, especially for the audience that's going to go and download that uh, scorecard that you that you were able to provide. So then let me go into the cor corrective action side of things. So what corrective action will be a result of using the scorecard? Like what can people expect from using something like this? Well, I mean, one of the problems is I can't get rid of any of the suppliers or change them out for anybody else for the most part. But uh, we did have a situation where one of our worst suppliers came back uh, par partially because of their own business issues, and they tried to take a, a chunk of our margin away. And because we knew how well they pre they performed everywhere else, we just let them go. You know, and and it's uh, it's been all right. You know, it was surprising how easy it was. Um, but more than that, I mean, there's not a lot of corrective ac action I can get other than to ask them to fix these things. You know, we can move we can move business a little bit, but we've always tried to be Switzerland, and as in we're neutral. You know, we don't uh, we treat all of our suppliers with respect. We treat all of our suppliers equally. You know, the minute we start leaning towards one or another, that doesn't make the other ones very happy. Well, and I think I think that we can also say that it opens up dialogue. It opens up that communication as a part of that relationship to say, "Hey, this is what we're experiencing." You know, what can we do to work together and figure things out to make it to make it work for both of us? Yeah, you know, back to that mutual equity, mutual relationship. Yeah, I, I agree completely, and and we've done a lot of that. But you know, I'm I'm not in a position for firm corrective action. I guess I can't. Uh, you know, I can't, and I, and I don't want to treat the suppliers that way. My my big competitor does that, and uh, it makes us seem really nice to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we could get some constructive uh, criticism or, or anybody really as a vendor or supplier could get constructive criticism on, you know, a fairly regular basis. I mean, your suppliers know when you're doing this. They know when to expect uh, this type of feedback and they know what you're expecting from the feedback and from them. They do. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I a lot of people that did the individual scorecards here didn't, uh, you know, it was kind of like pulling teeth when I first started doing it. You know, it's, uh, you know, hey, come on, I'm going to get some corrective action, help me do these. Um, there's a guy in our warehouse out here that's uh, very hardworking, very dedicated, very quiet, very sullen. And I was talking with our warehouse manager, our, uh, the, the DC director. He was talking about a supplier that would made some changes because of the scorecards. And this very quiet, very sullen warehouse guy that works for him walked up and, and dropped a few sentences out. And he, he said, hey, they're a lot better supplier. They fixed a lot of things. And it was uh, kind of mind-blowing. I, I don't think I'd ever heard him say one word, you know. Yeah. But he felt like he needed to get into the conversation and mention the fact that the supplier had gotten a lot better. 
That's awesome because I think internally also it it does a lot for the relationships internally because you're all working towards that that common goal with a supplier and uh, it makes it just makes things a lot easier. Everybody's excited to use the cards now, you know. And and I get comments like our our marketing manager she came to me and she goes she goes I don't know what you do to the suppliers but they're constantly asking me how they can make their scorecard better, you know. So they're asking other. Uh... Other people, other departments, other yeah. people, yeah, other departments. How they can get their score better? That's that's great. That's that's really nice to hear. So, um, I'm not sure if you've gone over this yet, but can you give us an example of a successful execution and what that ROI sort of meant? Or, you know, one of the first ones was a supplier that uh, we've definitely had some issues with over the years. Great people, but you know, delivery issues and things. And I, I had a rep from their company uh, tell me she goes. Uh, I can't fix any of this. She goes, can I give you another 5% of margin? You know, and I smiled and said yes. And, you know, that's, that's as direct as you're going to get. And then, then there's a company that we buy a variety of items from. And coincidentally, it's one of my best friends in the industry runs the company. But uh, they jumped 16 places last year. Wow. They brought in barcoding. They've bagged things. They've... Uh, you know, they put people in to double-check things. They've, they've rearranged pick orders. I mean, uh, you know, and I'm sitting there looking at the scores right now. I'm missing a few scorecards, but preliminary, they're in the top four. Wow. And, you know, it's and they just, were in the mid-20s. Yeah, so, and it's just little things like that, and, right? It's just those yeah, little it's, things. It's, it's, it's great, you know. Well, and I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that it's just those little things. It doesn't need to be, you know, a huge change and a huge mashup and, and all those things to be able to move up. It's really just, you know, taking a look at what you're currently doing and how can we make it better? Or how can we make it easier for the customer? Yeah, and, and giving them, you know, working with them, giving them good ideas if, if you can. I mean, yeah, it's... A lot of little things can turn into a big thing before it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where do you see the supplier relationship in the next five to ten years, and what challenges do you think that we can expect to see? So, so in our, you know, I'm kind of pigeonholed in our little industry, um, but um, so my focus is pretty much there. Um, I was telling you I wanted to use this this SciSense BI tool to create a dashboard, and I think that'll be uh, something where, where I can have discussions throughout the year on the scorecard metrics. You know, no subjective scores, just the metrics. And I think we'll be able to uh, keep things on track better throughout the year with these suppliers. I think one of the other challenges in our industry is there's a lot of uh, acquisitions and consolidations. And as that happens, you know, they're almost becoming more of a sole source supplier than they already were. So, you know, with that happening now and happening more, I think, in our futures, these relationships are going to become more and more important. You know, it's, uh, it's all going to be about negotiation and partnership. Yeah, and I think, um, like you said, I think technology is going to play a bigger role as we move forward into the future. I mean, it is pretty much for everything. <laughs> um, technology seems to be pointing and, and touching all sorts of industries and, uh, and different things. But if yeah, if you can make that supplier scorecard a little bit more um, electronic and less manual, I think, I think that would be um, better, I guess, for everybody or? 
Yeah, especially even if it's just even like I said, even if it's just the metrics, you know, being able to look at the metrics on the fly at any time, and uh, you know, it's it's all coming from a SQL database at the end. So when we pull those uh, those dashboards we're using for the sales numbers, you know, they're they're from five minutes ago, you know, right. not uh, five months ago. Yeah, and I think along with that technology going into the future, the relationships again, like you said, relationships are going to be. Um, very, very important, especially as things get more electronic um, and technology comes more into play. So then my last question for you is, what is your approach to using the scorecard and when do you start preparing? Well, like I was saying, I'm preparing right now. You know, I start at the end of December. Um, I found I have different approaches for different suppliers. You know, I have suppliers that want to go out and do the dinner thing, and we look at the scorecards, and we sit and have dinner, and we spend a couple hours doing it. I have suppliers that visit me or I visit them, and then I have suppliers that we've done it enough times, they score really well, and if nothing's changed, I might just email them a PDF. And maybe we get on a call and we talk about it. And I even have suppliers that uh, don't really seem to care. And oh, no. some of those I just email off the card. You know, if uh, if we're six, seven years in and we haven't, gotten anything from it i you know hate to take that approach but it's kind of all the above right so you start preparing at the end of december how long do you give uh your team to uh put together their scorecards um you know i i'd like to have them in a few days um but i i try and give it to them before the end of the year and if i can get them the first and second week of january like right now then uh, that's good and then you try to get the scorecards to the suppliers uh, by latest, is it sort of the end of Q1 or? Well, February, February, March is when that, when our first big show is. So okay. for whatever reason, even though there's only 3,000 practitioners or however many there are, there's two, two full-size associations in the United States for ONP. And so there's a show in around September, October, and there's one around February, March. Everybody knows I'm coming to the show with scorecards if we haven't done them already. Right. Okay. So this is kind of like a three-month process. Yes. Okay. Great. Well, um, that brings us to the end of the show. I just want to say thank you, Bill. It's been a a pleasure having you on the show today. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's it's been great talking to you. It's too bad your uh, counterpart was under the weather today. Yeah, we're actually sending lots of love over to him today because uh, he's not feeling so well today and we, we kind of miss him in studio. So uh, to our audience, connect with Bill on LinkedIn. We will have all of his information on our website. And remember to download your free copy of The Scorecard. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. Start preparing your supplier scorecards by downloading the free copy Bill was so nice to give our audience. Visit our website at twobabestalksupplychain.com to download. Tune in next week when we look into the most common blind spots found in supply chain. If you enjoy our episodes, remember to subscribe and write a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on LinkedIn, Insta, and Twitter to get more information on our guests. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick, and this episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. 
Remember everybody, ship happens. <laughs>